0: hello from my experience podcast listeners thank you so much for joining us today it is your host jessica fountain and i am here today with my awesome co-host, Robert Wilson, but I will be opening up the show today. And we would just want to take a moment to thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast, for your likes on our Facebook pages, Instagram, and just following our story. Um, thank you for listening. And Robert, yes. we're just gonna hop right in. How are you today? Uh,
1: I am well rested we've had a couple of snow days up here so I haven't had to work uh, in the past couple of days and it's just been relaxing but I have a two hour delay for tomorrow so gotta get back to it
0: yes I I know we both took a nap prior to the show cause we needed to <laughs> <laughs> we're still resting from the previous episode of rest yeah. Uh, but yeah I had a busy day today and it was pretty much back to back so my meetings, I am realigning. That's my favorite word. When I don't know exactly what I am have going on, I like to realign and get clarity to start my week. So usually that's how I do it on Tuesdays, which is the day we're recording this show. But needless to say, we're going to hop right in with our awesome guest today that will be joining us in dialogue. Uh, we have Dr. Alicia Goes by Dr. Alicia Simmons, uh, who is an educator and content creator. Uh, I am really excited about this host, uh, this guest today, because I have a personal uh, friendship and relationship with them um, over the years, and just always somewhat of a mentor from afar. So, without any further ado, I am going to introduce Dr. Alicia Simmons. Welcome to From My
2: Experience podcast. Hello, 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 hello. How are you this evening? I am well. How are you? I'm yet holding on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Excited about February. February.
0: Yes, yes, yes. February is a good month. It's a month of celebration of all things Black. And I like it. Yes, yes. Yes. celebrating our talents. Yes. All of our many gifts and talents. And um, which you are very multi-talented. So that kind of is a great transition. Uh, I met you through education. However, you are also... A content creator, and you um, focus on joy and bringing joy. And also, I think we have a unique spin on our approach to that, in being very authentic. And so, you do a lot of bringing your personality of Gullah Geechee um, culture to the forefront of your content, which yeah. is, I think, very important to showcase who we are in our most simplest form. I would yep. say, um, which for me is country and culture, mm-hmm. and for you is Gullah Yitri low country culture. Um, mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit more about that and how you want you want it to stay true to that.
2: Um, well, I was born in the Low Country of Charleston, and my grandfather's family—they um, are from Saint Helena Island on the Tomfit plantation. So, you know, growing up in the Low Country, you sort of have an understanding of your culture, but it's not emphasized. So, it was only after going to college that I really gained a newer appreciation. You know, previously people would tell you you talk funny or would make fun of the ways in which you spoke and reference things. But then I realized like this sets me apart. And so, you know, I realized the regional differences when I got out of Charleston and there were people from the PD and people from the upstate. So I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm unique and my culture is unique. And um, I just, at this point in my life, want others to embrace it uh, with gentrification as well as the other changes happening um, societally you know we're losing parts of our culture so Gullah Geechee people are still very present in the low country and when we talk about the Gullah Geechee corridor we're talking about from North Carolina to Florida so i think i share the role of an ambassador of being one of those uh, individuals you know I don't necessarily sanitize or try to code switch who I am but I try to remain true to who I am and try to help others alongside me on the journey of just educating them about the culture that is very rich and that has that direct connection um, to West African culture so I'm excited to be a Gullah Geechee person very proud of it.
0: Yeah, As you should be. It, it is something to be proud of. We, when you said that you um, learned that part was very unique about yourself after college, was that, like, around what age was that? Or did you always, like, almost instantly recognize, like, this is something that I'm just not going to do?
2: Well, I mean, I knew... I think it was in middle school, we watched uh, Pat, one of uh, Pat Conroy's The Water's Wide, and we watched the movie Conrad or Conrack, and so that talks about the Fusky Island, and so it was about that region in the low country of Beaufort, where my grandfather was from, so it was my like, oh, okay, this is unique, but when I went to, co- when I went to college, um, I remember being in my speech class, and we had to give an informational speech, and so people were you know, doing speeches on all kinds of things. I said, I'm going to talk about Geechee culture and so i went and back then we didn't have the internet so i had to go and run things off and graph things and you know i was able to do a whole speech helping people to understand the connection of the people in the low country to the people who still reside in africa and you know i just thought that you know, I was in mass communications. And so I always knew that I spoke differently. And, you know, while some people had a twang, you know, I had this very um, rhythmic way of speaking and I knew it would be a challenge for broadcast, but I was still, you know, willing to embrace who I was. And, you know, I can code switch sort of, kind of, but some days you're going to get what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Whatever it is, it's going to be. Um, you know, it, subjects and verbs might not be, we might split the infinitives. We're gonna do what we need to do, but you're gonna figure out what it is I'm talking about by the exactly. end. Exactly,
0: talking yeah. about, yeah, exactly. I think right before you got on, um, me and Rob, I said something and he just buzzed out. He said, country and culture because it, whatever it was, I, I think i minds or something. I can't, I don't know, even remember I what it was because it came out so effortlessly, <laughs> but. I definitely can relate to that. Yeah.
1: Rob? No, I said I texted you. Uh, cause she made a fish sandwich. I said, let me see your fish sandwich. And I spelled. But <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's side of the family is from Charleston. Um, okay. And you know, after I graduated, I I lived there for several years. Um, I love the Gullah Geechee culture. I went on the Gullah tour while I was still in school as well, which gave me a deeper understanding you know, outside of just spending almost every summer of my childhood in Charleston. Um, and it is a very beautiful thing. And I just want to personally thank you for being such a wonderful representation. Thank you so much.
2: And You're welcome.
1: I miss the food. Yeah. What is your favorite low country dish?
2: Um, I think my favorite low country dish would have to be red rice. Yes. <laughs> um, when I think about that particular dish, it connects so much to the jollof rices that are cooked in Africa, and so a jollof rice, of course, has the base. It's usually a tomato base. You know, some people try to say it's a Mexican rice. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's red yeah. rice, and you gotta, you know, put the vegetables or the onion and the green pepper. And if you're not vegan or keto or whatever you're doing, you need to put a little bacon grease, a little mm. sausage in there. <laughs> um, and you have to get the roux right, and so. you know there's some people talking about they use spaghetti sauce but you got to use that tomato paste. you got to use some crushed um, some crushed um, tomatoes and so I think because that dish you know when I prepare that dish I um, previously lived in the DMV area and I prepared it and someone from Ghana was there. And she said, oh, red rice. And so a person <laughs> from Ghana, you know, they're going to get excited because they recognize like that too is a part of their culture. It's a of, in its own version of it. So yeah, definitely. And, and some people reminded Joliff me, Joliff. yeah.
0: Uh, there's a book, Wandering in Strange Lands. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's by Morgan Jenkins. And mm-hmm. she basically uh, travels that path of how so many pieces of our culture um, uh-huh. are mimicked in the in that trade in, yeah. in the transatlantic trade uh-huh. and like that layering of jollof rice versus red rice and uh-huh. how similar it is and it's like preserving the culture um, uh-huh. through food uh through song there's just so many different elements of the things that we're naturally attracted to that we think Mm-hmm. We're just naturally attracted to it, but it comes from such deeper rooted places.
2: Um Yeah, so- she actually interviewed me for the book. I don't know if I get any credit, but I was actually he, we did an interview for that. Really? Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Congrats. Yeah. yeah, it was a great book. i I listened to it on um audiobook. Okay. Uh, but I think that it, it was really it remind it was a very close um, knit story even listening to your story like these little pieces they remind me of mine and I don't know if that's just growing up in the south and feeling like you don't fit and mm-hmm. and realizing that you fit even more I feel like you have to zoom out to get that perspective and then mm-hmm. really be dedicated to authenticity and, and and being your authentic self and showing that and showing up as that um and I want to talk about your book, um, Mm -hmm. in just a minute, but since we're on the subject of food, Mm -hmm. that is another area that just healthy living and healthy lifestyle that I have followed you, um, in growing vegetables and um, really emerging yourself into a healthier way of living and keeping, you know, still making dishes, but balance and finding Mm -hmm. that balance that, at one point wasn't a choice. I feel like it wasn't a choice for us to actually have the best of foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made these foods our own. And now it's like taking, extracting from that the the, the history and value in it, but then also putting a healthy twist on certain things. So um, how did you navigate to your food journey?
2: Um, I mean, number one, you know, as soon as we got into COVID, I think a lot of people realized if you were paying attention that, you know, if you were not the healthiest of person, that COVID would not. Um, be kind to you. It's right. not kind to anyone. So, you know, for me, it was really about okay, so if I need to build my immunity, if I need to strengthen my body, if I need to um, minimize my comorbidities, how do I do it? And so, mo- in most cases, you know, some people will attempt to do that with medication, but we also know that the body can heal itself. And so, because of what it is that we consume, um, I knew that diet and exercise would be my path to that. You know, there are a number of things out of our control. So the water in some ways is out of our control because you got to wash your body. So, you know, there are contaminants in our water. So I can't necessarily do that much about that other than go to God's healing acres and drink from the spring. Um, So, you know, I think people have to figure out what's What can you control? And so children can't necessarily control um, maybe what they are given to eat. But at some point in time, you can decide what is it that I can control? I can control uh, what I choose to eat. I can control how I choose to prepare it. I can control how often I eat. I can control how late I eat. And then I can also control um, how I move my body because we also know that physical exercise uh, helps to heal the body.
0: Very, very, very true. And taking matters into your own control instead of that blaming is very important. It's definitely been a place in my life that I feel like I transitioned drastically when I shifted from that mindset of, like, why me and woe mm-hmm. is me to, like, all right this just is what it is, whether, whatever the cards are, these are the cards and this is what I have to deal with. And so this is how I'm choosing to play the game. So yes, kudos on the health changes. I like it. Me and Rob talk about that a lot. Rob does walking. Uh, I was walking before, but I have not continued with the weather, which I think is an excuse, but I did train Transition to another exercise. So, anyway. Excellent. So, tell us about your book. Uh, Name of the book is Digging for Intimacy, Sex, Sensuality, and Loving God. Uh, And it's a spiritual autobiography, which is a nutshell in itself, which I love. Because I'm a preacher's kid, and I think a lot of people need this book. Um, They need it. (laughs) They need it. So I want to hear about it from your words. I don't want to um, taint it in any way. So tell me more about it.
2: Well, um, you know, uh, this the idea of writing the book, this is my second book. My first book is Digging for Treasure, Jewels of Hope When Pressure and Time Collide. So that's also a spiritual autobiography, but that focuses more on um, many of the stories come from my time in graduate school. So I spent seven consecutive years in graduate schools. In two programs, so I went from the PhD to a master's program at Duke um, in Divinity. So I would do um, a weekly like blog post, uh, email blast, and so people started to ask me to compile all of that. So that's the first book. So it's really good for church folks, for your grand aunts, you know, for people who like a good little story. Mm-hmm. Now this second book, <laughs> 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 did the you ruffle some feathers? Yeah, the second book is for you know, it's for a different demographic of people. <laughs> so during the um, during the we're still in the pandemic, so around summer in you know july and people started to die and things were happening with george floyd and it just seems like the world was burning i realized that i had to get back to my writing because i believe that w- i believe that words heal and so i started to really kind of reflect on what was my situation and i realized something that i really haven't publicly shared so you're you're getting an exclusive that being in a relationship was becoming an idol for me OK, mm. and I think some people don't realize they think that a car, a house, uh, a spouse, a ch- your children can be idols, you know, tangible things. But there are intangible things that can also be idolatrous in our lives. And so as I took a step back to reflect on that idol of wanting to be in a relationship, I realized that throughout the course of my adulthood, that this idol was always present. And so as I started to think about, um, you know, the entries I had written in my journal, some notes I had scribbled, some stream of consciousness I had been going through, conversations with my girlfriends, I thought that I really needed to write a book for other people who had made relationships an idol, and they didn't even know it. And in the process of holding up these relationships, you've lost yourself. And in some ways you've disconnected from God. Mm. And so that is the premise of the book? And um, it's 10 chapters with reflection questions at the end. There's a resource list as it relates to, um, you know, one of the things as it relates to wellness or health, as I focus, you know, I think, you know, I'm a ordained minister. So, you know, I believe that the church as a Christian minister, the church can't just serve you to give you a good hoop and a shout and a good sermon. But I believe that the church, the body of Christ uh, really needs to consider the whole person. And so I, you know, I've come to the space of thinking, what if the church had been more invested in my sexuality? Because I'm born by the church. Um, you know, I am a worker of the church. But what if the church had more to say about my sexuality as I was growing up in the church? How would that have impacted my life? And so, you know, I take readers on that journey, starting out talking about growing up in the church and how did I see relationships talked about? How did I see people in relationships? What did I? Grow up thinking about sex based on the relationships I saw in church, as well as the relationships I saw in my home.
0: Rob, you look like you have something to say.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: my, my 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 mind <laughs> is blown.
2: It's gonna you, leave. It is gonna blow your mind. It,
1: it's it's blown. Is, I have a, because I blame. I agree with I no. Like you I agree with you because. I I think that's the problem some people have with the church. They feel like the church only really gives you a half or a fourth of the full story. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you are opening the door to say, Hey, I understand that you are an entire person, so let me give you the spiritual aspect of all of these things, not just not just this one path of you need to do good and be nice and blah, blah. You're a person. You have wants. You have needs. You know, mm-hmm. you have sexual desires. Let me give you a guide on how to kind of sort through the, through those things through my own experiences, and that yeah. is highly important. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have not read a book in a very long time. I want to read this book. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> And you need to read this book, and I don't know what your sexual orientation is, but you need to read it either, you know, if you are in relationship with women, you need to read it so you understand in some ways what they bring with them, okay? If you have sisters, if you have aunties, and so I think that's the thing. People don't realize when you get into relationships, you're bringing in generations of people and relationships and and baby daddy and baby mama drama and all these things. (laughs) Then come to your doorstep and it's like, not only can you not trust a big button a smile, you can't trust what they're bringing because you need to have more conversations. And, you know, we are, a a number of us are broken people, being with broken people, (laughs) building broken families. Now we have broken children. So my prayer is that as people would read the book, that if you're, if you haven't healed, you can begin the healing process. And if you didn't realize you needed to be healed, then you can identify, well, wow, there are some wounds that I have not addressed. And this book has opened up that space to say, I might need a therapist or I might, yes. I, I, might I might, be a hoe and maybe I don't want a hoe no more. So it opens up a conversation, okay? <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you are. You know what I'm saying? Wherever you are. It,
0: I love This that. is... This is a very special message, personally, because I—I I told you I grew up a preacher's kid, and my own experience—I was always the different one in my family, and I felt—I felt those pressures of not just pressures of growing up as a woman, but then also pressures of trying to understand well why are these things, certain things a certain way, mm-hmm. or why is this talked about, what or do, what do they mean? Because uh, yeah. a lot was coded yeah. And, yeah. and coded to not even make a lot of sense going back to, you have to unlearn so much later yes. in life. And yes. my uh, spirituality and sexuality and all of these pieces of myself as a young woman, I, I would say maybe three years ago, I kind of went on a journey of this I I was digging for intimacy of myself, like Mm -hmm. loving myself, learning myself, embracing Mm -hmm. all of the pieces of me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, I I took a a course, but the book just in the premise of it, I can relate to it so much because Mm -hmm. so many women are confused. I had a girlfriend say, oh, you like a whole experience. And it wasn't an experience of like, it's connection not just in a physical sense of experience it's like connecting on a certain level that for her it was a dis like that you don't do that you don't you don't say I like you you don't say what what it is that you require or -hmm. certain pieces and so not to get too in depth because everybody has their own idea of intimacy but I do think intimacy exists between us all and it's not always this Um, cookie cutter version that we've been fed or this very watered down version that we've been fed. And it's like, if you don't, if we don't take the responsibility as, um, believers or as just not even Christianity per se, but spiritual beings, we all have, um, I don't know, like a, a, a level of intimacy that needs to be, um, Experienced. And so
2: I definitely yeah. appreciate the book. And I, and people, you know, if you look even beyond sexual intimacy, you see it in the Bible. You see David and Jonathan, people don't want to talk about it, but they had an intimate relationship. It wasn't sexual, it was just their spirits were intimate, their spirits were connected. Yeah. And right. so People don't realize, you know, we we just think intimacy is about jumping in the bed, licking, sucking, what are you going to do? And that's not what it is. It's about, you know, that's why we say sometimes people have emotional affairs because you develop an intimacy with someone because they hear you, they see you, they talk to you, um, they connect with you. And so that's, you know, I'm not a therapist, um, but, you know, people develop very deep ties with individuals and their spirits appear to be knit together. And so, you know, I want people, you know, for some women, this book will be a challenge because it will confront things that they've always thought was wrong. Or in some ways, if you've been married a long time and you've never thought about intimacy in a broader sense other than what you got, Mm. then you'll be like, whoa, okay. Um, You know, I think it also kind of will help people to understand You know, intimacy, if you're intimate with someone, the goal is that you're satisfying them, especially with sexual intimacy and they're satisfying you. Some people don't even know what that means. Some people are just, you know, if you think back to the color purple, and Miss Celia, laying there, how, and then, you know, he, she asked the wife, how did that on top of me? Like, there's right. no intimacy. These right. are people are just going through the acts. And so, you know, I think there are people in marriages just going through the act of sex and not necessarily experiencing that deep intimacy that can be accomplished even when the act does not exist. So when I say speaking for intimacy, I'm talking about, you know, searching for someone that you connect with, searching for someone who cares about you deeply, searching for someone who cares about you if there is no sex, um, and so we we've all been on this exploration, and we know with women. Sometimes we might choose to have sex, but technically we don't want the act of sex. We want the intimacy. We want to be held. We want to be talked to. We want to cuddle. We don't necessarily want you rubbing on We don't want you grinding on us. We want you to be talking to us, okay? We want you to be you know, stimulating our minds, but as a negotiation we'll hop in bed with you because we're like well maybe he'll hold me for 30 minutes and you know that usually doesn't happen so it's that digging process and you know i call it the digging for set digging for treasure series so this is the second book in that series because i think we're always on an adventure and excavation of trying to find something that we are in need of
1: oh my goodness just <laughs> I can Flip see my entire dating life upside down.
2: <laughs> what am I gonna do?
1: No, be um, a better
2: man. Be a better man. Be a better man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no,
1: I you know, uh, <laughs> I I I do well. I do well. Um, you just actually broke some things down that I never thought about, especially from the perspective of a woman. Um, because I ask questions, I'm very inquisitive and I like to know what makes you all tick. Like I love women. Um, and I like to know what makes you all tick. And I ask these questions to get certain feedback, just to figure out what your motivations are. What are you looking for? What is it that will make you feel whole? Um, and the way you just described digging for it makes a lot of sense because there's been times where I've asked questions that I thought were seemingly simple and I would get a response that, like, I don't know. And I'm like, how do you not know? Like, cause I, I feel like I'm very well in tune with myself, um, but I have to realize that everyone's journey is different and everyone has different experiences and whatever experiences they had with the guy before me, you know, are vastly different. Um, that That's something I've actually come to discover, especially as I've gotten older, I've just had women say, I've never had anyone ask me that. I've had, never had anyone care as much. I don't know what to do with this. No one's ever bought me anything. No one's ever taken the time to consider my feelings. And I'm I'm thinking cuz this is the way I was raised. That's normal. Like that that's <laughs> what a man should be doing or anyone should be doing as a person. Like these are basic things. These aren't even me going above and beyond. So what you said just really made it just connected a lot of dots.
2: And so you have to remember she didn't know and then he didn't know. And so you got two people right. who don't know. And so in the right. non-knowing, then what you use as a model is what you see other people do. Mm. Right. And so she may want something from you, not necessarily because she wants it, but maybe that's what her mama got, you know? So she might be asking you to pay a light bill. And you're like, why are you I'm asking a light bill? <laughs> and but but that is how possibly some woman that she saw as a model, that is how they negotiated love and oh, intimacy yeah, through is. a transactional um, you know, I'm gonna give you this if you pay my light bill. And you're like, but that doesn't even make sense. And she doesn't need the light bill paid, but that's what she knows, you know? And so we just have to be mindful, um, and because we don't take enough time, whether in the home or as it, at church, to talk about navigating relationships, we are all pretty much just kind of figuring this out based on what we see now on social media. When I was growing up, what you saw on BET Video Soul, what you heard on the radio, what your friends were talking about. Tell those people we busy over here. I know. He's fired.
1: I don't know why it rang, because my phone and my tablet are both on silent. <laughs> They're both on silent. What is happening? And Apple, they interrupted,
2: they interrupting interrupt in this message from the minister of God. Okay. They interrupting it. Okay. <laughs> but no, I think, um, if we could start having better understanding of sexuality, who we are, you know, so, you buy someone something, you're like, oh, it's just like something small, but if no one has ever treated her that way, or mm. she felt like, oh, he bought me something and he doesn't want something from me, then that's a new experience.
1: That has right. been the pitfall of most of my dating. Me being yeah. nice and then yeah. giving you a hug and saying, I'll see you later. Yeah. They, they're like, what is he up to? You get a-
2: into the friend zone early. You, get re- you probably go into the friend zone <laughs> a lot.
1: I live there. <laughs> I have a five bedroom home, um, sitting on three yeah. acres.
2: <laughs> but are you in the friend zone? Yeah, I get
1: friend zoned a lot.
2: Yeah, because people aren't used to nice guys, you know, and so the saying nice guys finish last sometimes because we don't know what to do with that. And so, you know, sometimes women are they're gonna go for the thug who calls them once a week. And who doesn't do anything nice because they don't really know any better. And they, you know, they start to think, well, what's wrong with him? He's just too nice. That's just strange to me. I don't even know. And once you try to figure out, you know, who you are, then you recognize like, no, this is a just a genuinely nice guy who just wants to be nice and who possibly wants to love me.
1: And that yep. they then they come back seven years later like Hi and I, I we're two babies.
2: I... We two babies. We're we're two, two we're... babies <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna leave that out. I was gonna <laughs> No, oh, really? come back. there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that but then after they've been mistreated and mishandled then yeah. they come back and they're like oh can you love me now and it's like oh i gotta do too much taping up where's my no
1: <laughs> not even that but i'm not even in the same place anymore like the, that part yeah. of me and that version of me that was interested in you and all those years ago has moved on and i'm glad yeah. you brought that up because some people take that as a diss and i was like yeah, that's funny, y'all, but that's the truth. Like, when you try to come back around, that might not be the same person a year later. You know, even yeah. without the kids, that guy might be, or that woman, might be in a totally different space, and you just don't even fit, so...
2: Yeah, and I write about that in one of the chapters about a relationship that I had, and, you know, after, um, you know, I'll just put it like this. The chapter's called uh, Lessons from the Lion's Den, because... Oh. This guy that I dated, he was from Barbados. He called himself a lion. And so, <laughs> that
1: book sounds spicy. Go ahead. I'm, I'm
2: good. <laughs> and so, um, we tried to reconnect years later, and it just did not jail emotionally, physically. We were in different places. And so, while there was a lot of passion, you know, at once in one season, it just did not exist. And so, it's like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. Mm. I,
0: how do you feel about sexuality, the the female sexuality? Mm Because I feel that so often sexuality is a card that is given to the man Mm -hmm. and we are sexual beings. And I know, um, I would just like to hear your point of view specifically from the fact of a more spiritual based perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I think we are definitely sexual beings and, Mm -hmm. That is a card that a lot of people like to dismiss when we when we act as such. And I'm not talking about overacting, mm-hmm. just acting as a sexual being.
2: Um, well, you know, time doesn't permit for us to talk about the ways in which women use their sexuality in the Bible or the ways in which their bodies were used. And maybe they didn't even give permission for their bodies to be used. If you think about a Hagar, she is a slave woman and she has sex with her master. And, you know, it's not like Hagar was like, hey, how you do? No, Hagar wasn't doing that. And so there's that aspect of sexuality. And then we saw um, some instances in the Bible where you have a Ruth And you have some other characters who use their sexuality to get what they want. Um, And so, you know, I think we don't really talk about the fullness of sexuality as it relates to, you know, I talk about in the book. um, We're trained as young girls, especially young church girls don't do it. But nobody tells us what not to do. Nobody talks about. So a boy might be sat down and you might talk about okay you're going to have wet dreams or you're going to have these issues you might have an ejaculation nobody talks with us about um how our body parts are stimulated and so right. you know it really comes to i think in some ways helping a woman even understand her anatomy um what we'll be stimulated. Cause that's what gets us into trouble. They tell us not what not to do. And then we hit, you know, puberty and things start tingling. And nobody yep. told us about the tingling. Right. And then somebody yeah. touches the tingle. And then from there, it's a wrap, okay? Cause yep. nobody told us the way our body would respond to touch, to sexual touch. And of course, in the book, you know, I talk about, you know, there have been um, women who have been touched as well as males, but there've been people who were touched inappropriately. So for them, they didn't have a choice in how they were first experiencing sexuality or first tapping into um, their sexuality. So that's an issue in itself. And then no one further talks about it. So someone says, don't tell your mama, but if you have a full understanding, you're like, no, my mama told me not to let, ever let nobody to touch my, you know, Mm -hmm. you really are able to, you know, go and speak up for yourself and own, you know like so and so touched me and you told me not to ever let anybody touch me there um and so you know i think even adult women don't really understand the fullness of their being and there are adult women you know i can't say i've surveyed all of them but they've never had even you know uh, they've climax they've, they've never climax they've never had the They've never experienced the fullness of sex. And so they've been with they've they've done the act. But right. if you were to ask them, so what happens when your body and they're like, Well, you know, I, you know, maybe if he do this, maybe <laughs> even like but that's the that's the honest truth, you know? It is. Right. So it the book is. is very raw and honest, and some church people are gonna be like, Lord, give her <laughs> she needs to just give all of her certifications. <laughs> because she's a heathen but we would not be here if people did not get together and have sex i think right
0: that is why i think it's a very necessary
2: word and i think
0: it's a timely word and i think that we have learned that ignorance uh is not bliss in the end like you get through these seasons of ignorance but at some point you have to be responsible and you have to own like all right, why is this happening to me? Like yeah. it's happening because I have ignored this area of my mm-hmm. life and really like going back to that owning of that space, uh, mm-hmm. owning who you are and understanding that it is very unique, like to yeah. for women and for men. That is a, a natural part of how okay. we became how well we and how right, all of that. And yeah. so <laughs> when you have a better, deeper understanding, yeah, it yields better results.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think when you, I think women are, we are not taught to own our bodies or to own our sexuality. So you know, if we have sex and we we don't feel anything, we just say, "I didn't have, you know, I didn't feel nothing." Mm. But I remember, you know, being a younger woman and think, and I thought to myself, "You mean I sinned I gotta go repent for that?" That was a, a <laughs> that was a waste of a sin. That was a wasted sin there. So the women other women have had that experience. You were like, I have just wasted uh, a sin. I gotta go to the altar right. and right. ask for yes. that. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: That yeah,
2: that's a that's a real one. That's reality. That's reality. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. high five you on that one. Ooh. <laughs> You, but in we're, my not, we're, not, we're never given permission to say things like that. You know, we're right. never given permission. So men can have their locker room talk and they can grade and they can put people on a scale. But we never give ourselves permission to talk about our experiences, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's pleasurable, whether it's enjoyable. Um, there's a question I put in the book and I can't remember how it's worded, but it talks about how would you like to be touched How would you like to experience intimacy? You know, giving people space to say, you know, for somebody, it might be, I want my feet rubbed. For somebody else, it might be like, I want my nipples rubbed. Somebody else might say, I just want somebody to rub my head. Mm -hmm. And so, but be able to name it. And because we don't give people space to name it, then we just say, oh, intimacy is when we have sex once a week. Or intimacy is A, B, and C. And actually... You might just love somebody rubbing your elbow. Mm -hmm. And it's the strangest thing, but that might be intimate to you. I just love it when you rub my elbow in a circle. (laughs) Who cares? Like, all right, that's easy. You know what I'm saying?
0: And and it's so unique to the person. I think that intimacy is different from just the boxes that we've been designed or that have been created. Everything's a box. Like, you just go in the box. What box do I fit in? And at some point, you have to realize that none of these boxes, like we don't fit in boxes. We're not meant to be boxed in. And I think that sexuality, intimacy, all of these different pieces are such a evolving space that you do have to create space because it's unique. The space is for the unique being that you are, that I am, that Rob is. And Mm -hmm. so there does need to be a space that fits for each one of those people.
2: Yeah. And I also think even though I write it from the perspective of a single woman, an unmarried woman, a woman who's never been married, you know, I think people who are married will benefit. And I think people who are preparing for marriage, you know, because I think um, that's why marriages have a lot of challenges as money and sex. OK, yeah. those are. Two of the biggest issues, but unless you tap into your intimacy, male and female, or male, male, however you your situation is designed, you won't be able to share intimacy with someone else until you truly tap into to your own, <laughs> Into your own intimacy, your needs, your wants. You know, yeah. I I'm a talker. So I need to be with someone who is a talk who is a listener, okay? And to be like Rob and says, Well, and what happened next? Well, how did that <laughs> make you feel? You know, if you are a person and you start tuning me out, then we have no intimacy, okay? I need you to listen to me tell this story. I know it's a long story, but just <laughs> every two seconds say, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> oh, whoa, mm, yeah. <laughs> Look at That's
1: Jessica. a turnover. Look at for Jessica. Me. Look at Jessica. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that is a
0: turn on for me i feel like it's a mirror image oh <laughs> my a, way. a lot <laughs> of y'all like that to you talk it's so many pieces of my personality it's just like oh yeah
2: that's, yeah, yeah yeah you don't have to that's buy nice. me a you don't have to buy me a handbag but if you will sit and listen to me yes and what she do and what did you say you didn't say <laughs> that did you Oh, man, you, no, you can't fight me. <laughs> you, you, if I just need that. <laughs> you just shed
1: light on something for me. Um, I'm going to have to do some personal reflection now because you talked yeah. about how basically women for so long have been muted about their sexuality. And it kind of explains what, this is just my opinion, my perspective. It kind of explains what we're seeing nowadays with some, some of these challenges, the way women are just expressing themselves. I think so many women with loud voices have come out and said, hey, we can talk about this stuff, too. We can do this, too. And now there's this an explosion of it, and we're trying to figure out. Some, some women are like, this is how I want to express myself. This is how I feel. And I feel like some are kind of like, and men, too, or some are kind of like, well, I'm going to hop on this wave. Nah, I'm not with that. Let me try this one. Nah, I'm not like that. So it's like we're figuring, we're trying to figure it out. As we go along, because this is the first time we've really been able to just be open and free with this kind of conversation. So I kind of like you changed my perspective on quite a few things because I never thought about it like that. Um.
2: Yeah, but you have to. It means, you know, hopefully my prayers that the book digging for intimacy, sex, sensuality and loving God. Um, available on Amazon on February the 9th. Right. That was, the, that was one more time. <laughs> we got to plug it. Yeah. Um, yes. Hopefully it will begin discussions. You know, I want people to be in the barbershop having this discussion. And you can say, you know, I used to date this girl one time, and you know you know when she talked about it in the book. And I remember that girl. And that's what I'm hoping will happen when we get back to a space of being in the communal settings. It can happen virtually. But I want people to start assessing, reassessing their roles, the roles they played in relationships. Um, I want them to assess and reassess how they love themselves, how they view their bodies, how they have shared their bodies, how they have been in relationship with other people. You know, there might be instances where someone will feel, man, I really need to apologize to someone, or I need to apologize to myself for whatever I caused um, that may have brought me harm. You know, and I talk about those hidden wounds that no one has addressed, no one has attempted uh, to put a salve on. And so, you know, I want this book to be more than something you read and it's like, oh, I'm just an, uh, an observer. I want you to be a participant observer because I want you to think about your own healing journey, your own digging for intimacy. Because as long as you have breath in your body, that means there's still a role for intimacy in your life. And it doesn't have to be sexual intimacy, but it could be you developing better friendships. It could be you developing um, a better relationship with your children if you have them. It could be you um, asking people for what it is that you need because you have never asked for what you need. So people give you what they think you want, and it's really not what you need, nor is it what you want. So hopefully... You know, me being honest, transparent, putting it all out, kind of exposing some areas of my life that I should probably just keep between me and Jesus until I go home to be with the Lord. Um, You know, I'm hoping, you know, that it does start a healing process because I want a movement to start. And, you know, you talked about the challenges on line. There are people doing the busted challenge online and they need to bust it in their bedrooms with their husbands or, you know, or their wives. They need to bust it. In the house. But as you said, social media said, oh, you can be sensual, you can be sexual. But how about you try to figure out so how do I not just bust it online, but how do I take that same energy and I bring it into whatever relationship that I'm in? Yes. If if in fact it's a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and we busting it. <laughs> <laughs> Key word, you we. Know, Wait, and, I, and, and, and I'm a minister of the gospel, so I do understand that, you know, people believe that you should only have intimacy and sex should only be done in the context of a marital relationship. But I'm also very... Um, I just know that the reality is people are having sex, and so if you are having sex, I want you to just honor God. I want you to honor your body, and I want you to honor your partner. And at the end of the day, you and God have to have a re- you and God have to have the conversation about what has happened. We all have to give an account for ourselves. But you know, if you're gonna do it, might as well do it right because you don't want to waste. Right, because you don't want to waste the
0: sin. I don't. You don't want to be repenting over foolishness. That's what we don't want to be doing. Okay.
2: And I know people are going to listen and say, "Oh my God, she's a heretic." No, I'm not. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Which people need honesty. I, I, I'm. I'm all
0: for this conversation. This might be one of my favorite interviews. <laughs> like, because I I lived in that box. I grew up in the boxes, and I, it, it's such a There's so many lessons taught that were not spoke. It wasn't like a traditional classroom lesson. Uh It was the lessons that you're just observing as Uh a seven-year-old of how, um, I mean, my grandparents slept in a different bedroom. So when they eventually went uh, separated and they were elderly at that, they were already like in their eighties, that to me, was weird. I was like, "Why do they sleep like?" But I remember being confused about it because at home, my parents slept in the same bedroom, so yeah. it it created and, they made, a and
2: they made noise at noises at night sometimes. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> these like you start, you pe, but you're piecing it together
2: from the back side. Present. Yeah, you're piecing. And- Yeah. And I I write about that. I write about being in church. You know, I talk about love languages. I don't go into an in-depth discussion, but I talk about how we learn love languages early. So um, I reference a couple. They were in my church when I grew up and um, the adults would always say, oh, he's always rubbing her butt and he's always all over her in church. And I'm thinking this is where I should be learning about why married people rubbing each other but in church I shouldn't be getting this message from video soul on BET about right. intimacy yeah. like so I appreciate them being this model outside of the box of we're going to do public displays of inf- affection and we don't care if you're mad that we're at the altar rubbing on each other and I appreciate that because now I'm like okay everybody else in church looks like they don't touch each other but right. this couple, oh yeah it that's wants this to be a party. part of that
0: club <laughs> like when you're when you're young and uh, ignorant and not really fully shaped in your thought process, that looks like a boring club to be in. Like yeah. you don't want to be a part of that, so you tend to run to the video soul aspect of intimacy, which you find yourself going back to a, a major point of honoring your yourself, honoring God, and honoring your body. Mm-hmm. You're not going to necessarily get that from this platform, and mm-hmm. so you're going to have to learn through trial and error. Mm-hmm. mistakes and woes to come back to like no there is a more balanced way in order for me to experience intimacy sexuality that also honors me the person the, the soul of me honors my body and I think honors God I think yeah. you match up with those people that is a honoring in itself
2: Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, that's just, that's the message I have. I'm sure there will be some pushback because people will say, you don't need to be having sex. You don't need to be talking about it. But if we don't talk about it, you're going to get in a marriage, you're going to be miserable. And then you're going to be in somebody's inbox or DM on Facebook or Instagram when somebody likes you too many times, then you're going to have a situation because you didn't come to the marriage. You didn't come to the relationship you know, saying, you know, being able, feeling free enough to say, you know what, I'm not satisfied. And I don't want to respond to the DM messages. I want to make my relationship. I want to make my marriage um, work. I want to have fullness in it. And so, you know, that's what honors God. God is concerned about all of us. And God is not just concerned about me on Sunday. God is concerned about me who he knit me in, God knit me in my mother's wombs. And so, in womb, not two wombs, but one. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I just want people to to leave the book feeling like, one, they don't have to feel so much shame, because I think women carry a lot of shame about the trial and error. And some of us would not have had the trial and error if you had given us the pretest to start with, and we wouldn't have to go through the trial and error, but nobody gave us those lessons that we needed to really prepare us for womanhood.
0: Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. <laughs> I don't have any further questions because I, I know we're on a time cap a little bit, but Rob, did you have any other questions?
1: I don't have any other questions. I do want to make a comment about the last thing you said, which is important. So those of you who may have a problem with this book, do yourself this favor. Um, In this world of digital media, like you cannot, there's almost no way you can control what your child or children are going to see. And if they have friends, they're going to see it, right? So why don't you take advantage of the opportunity of being their parent and sitting them down and having a discussion? Let them get it from a reliable source, that being you, so that when they're exposed to these things, they actually know how to navigate it. Because don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, no, no, this is bad. That don't work. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes it, it makes you want to do work. it more.
2: That don't work. It won't <laughs> work. It ain't never work. It ain't going to work. No. And because there's this curiosity. It's like, hmm, so I shouldn't do it. Huh.
0: Let but I'm see. here.
2: So yeah. you did it. Yeah. Or <laughs> so even worse.
0: part of it, like... And we, it, yeah, there's so much questions. Yeah, and, and I, I
2: think think can that's have age appropriate conversations. You know, sometimes I'll read the news and I saw a story about like a kindergartner performing fellatio on a classmate. Number what? one, that child had to see it somewhere, whether it was a video or movie, true. the parents. And so children are exposed to so much and so... Um, You can have an eight-year-old and they know more than some, when we were, when I was 14 or 15, they may know more about what's going on because they have access to technology. So, you know, as you said, Rob, the goal is, you know, maybe the questions will be, you know, everyone has to figure out what is age appropriate for their children. Um, Some children, they're not prepared for the conversation. I was talking with a friend who is raising a grandchild who's 13? And he said, you know, he went in to have the conversation about manly, manly things, and the 13-year-old isn't ready because he hasn't progressed to that. He's still playing video games. You know, that little button hasn't clicked on. So, but at least, you know, I applauded him for wanting to have that conversation. I said, well, just continue to have the conversation because one day <laughs> the button's gonna click on, and um, you know, he'll need to know how his body works, how his body responds why it's responding you know you'll have to have the conversation about whether he likes girls or whether he likes boys and you 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 continue the conversation it's a continual conversation yeah yeah well thank you so much Dr.
0: Simmons for coming on Dr. Alicia Thank I definitely too. enjoyed the conversation and I would like to have you back uh as a follow up after we <laughs> in the book, digest the book. I would like to have another discussion about this a little lengthier and in detail. So okay,
2: uh, can do that. This, I'm excited. This good. Yeah. And Rob, you know, I think, you know, hopefully, I don't know you know, what's going on with your date life, but we are some complex creatures and you can think you have figured us out and we will change not only our wigs, but we just going to change on you, (laughs) So you know, continue your observation, continue to listen and, you know, pray. I don't know what your faith journey is. Ask for discernment, you know, because sometimes you are working against wounds. So someone has been wounded not by you, but by someone two relationships ago and you are you're still having to um, nurture that wound to, you know, take care of that wound. And it's not the wound that you created. So I just wish you the best, brother. Why thank <laughs> you? Why thank you? Very,
1: it's very casual right now. But when I'm ready to get back back to them, uh, the real life dating, the real life relationship streets, I'll make sure I do that.
2: Yeah. And you know what? You might want to give whoever the casual person is, give her a copy of the book and see how she responds. That'll tell you a lot whether she is able to, one, you know, intellectually have a discussion about it, whether she is able to answer the questions, whether she is able to be honest with you about her past experiences, that would kind of let you know, you know, okay, is this a red alert? Or is this someone who is on a healing journey, and they recognize that, you know, they want more out of life than they've had in the past. So, you know, that might be a play and move. You give them the book. You see how they think about it, and then seven- look. <laughs> this it's is a win-win. This
1: is funny to me, <laughs> so I got. I'm definitely gonna add your book because there's. Um, it's a win-win. Yeah, I'm gonna add your book to that to my repertoire for sure.
2: And there is an ebook version, so there's gonna be a softback as well as a, uh, a ebook. And you know, if she says I don't read, you might want to run. Running. <laughs> yeah, if somebody doesn't read, I'm always scared of people say, "I don't read. I ain't got time to reread nothing." It's like, okay, okay. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> what you gonna do when the kids have to be virtual homeschool, virtually homeschool at twenty, at twenty thirty seven? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and no, and no
0: instruction because the parents can't figure it out because they don't read. <laughs> Dr. Alicia, tell us, tell our uh, listeners where they can find more about you. uh, Keep up with everything that you have going on, your
2: books. All right. You can visit me at my website. That is drlecia.com. That's D R L E C I A.com. You can visit me on Instagram. That's dr underscore lecia, L E C I A. You can hit me up on Facebook. I got a Facebook page for Dr. Leisha. That's Facebook backslash Dr. Leisha. And (laughs) of course on Twitter, that is Dr. Leisha1. Uh, D R L E C I A, the number one. So I am just excited about the book, Digging for Intimacy, Sex, Sensuality, and Loving God, available um, via Amazon on February the 9th. It's a Tuesday, and it's going to be a good Tuesday.
0: Awesome. I, I declare that as well. This is, I cannot wait to check out the book. So, Rob, we're going to kick it to you to close this out with our affiliates, and why, why do you look so stuck? I feel like- Because I'm you, absorbing a lot of this. Yourself. My life is different. You don't understand. You look
2: renewed. <laughs> My Rob, life. I'm ex- Rob, I'm a whole experience. I'm yes. A whole experience.
1: I look at women totally different now already. I'm that type of person. When I get meaningful information from someone like you, I, I absorb it and I apply it immediately. Like, I don't even look at women the same anymore. It's, di- it's different now. Yeah, but,
2: and, and prayerfully, I, that's a good thing. That's a, a, good a good thing, thing yeah. Yes yeah that's better thing. y'all
1: y'all keep going up and up and then the more i understand the better i can do our affiliates ladies and gentlemen well first of all don't forget dr Leisha's information will definitely be in the description so you can click on those hyperlinks and get straight to her products and i'm just going to give y'all the quick and dirty version of our affiliates we have a retro mimi for those of you who like to video game like me, and you want a game on the go, they sell handheld open source devices, make sure you check out that link. We have Black Water, who sells water that is actually black, and it comes in wonderful flavors, make sure you check them out. Acre Gold, if you've ever wanted to invest in physical bars of gold, they have a subscription service to where you can pay over time, and once you hit the amount that, you or hit the price point, you will get your bar of gold shipped to you in nice, discreet packaging. And last but certainly not least, Garner's Garden, who sells wonderful, all-natural, organic products, skin care, health care, oral health care products. I love them. They do a great job. I said last but not least, but I forgot we have a new affiliate. This is only my second time mentioning them. Jot Forms. Anybody in business who needs to, or even if you're not in business, if you need to collect information from a multitude of people, you can create and customize your own forms, send out a quick and easy link, people can fill out the information, and they'll come right back to you automatically. It has been a lifesaver. We use it every time we book someone for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Back to you, Jessica.
0: Oh, really? (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. Uh, This was a great conversation and dialogue. Thank you, Dr. Alicia, for coming on and speaking with our audience. Uh, Continue to be bold and inspiring and vocal and light. Uh, You have always been that for me. And so I am very happy to be in a position to amplify your voice uh, (laughs) because I don't think I would be here without you um it's definitely you've given me a lot of lessons along the way so whether you know that or not thank you
2: thank you,
0: thank you um, so much for having me. say it one more time i missed it thank you so much for having me oh you're very welcome and that's it ladies and gentlemen uh thank you so much and as always robert let them know take care of yourself mentally physically financially and spiritually
1: We'll see y'all next time. Peace.
0: Peace.